Episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Kat Jones Music. Kat is an amazing artist out of Tennessee. She is an amazing mix between punk, opera, and Eastern European funk music. And uh, she's just a great uh, singer songwriter. Uh, she's a performance artist. She's an installation artist. She's a horror film junkie. And this is what I love. She has this on her Twitch page. I just read that off of her Twitch page, by the way. But I do really like Kat, and I do respect what she does. And um, I wanted to read this because I love her little... I don't, I don't know what this is, but it's beautiful. L- let me just read this to you off her Twitch page. The Reverend Cat Jones is here to guide you through the apocalypse. She will do this mostly through song, but if you're being a jerk, she may just drag you by the ear. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming and <laughs> Thanks for coming to hang out. I am so excited to get into Twitch, and I'm here... I'm new here, so if there's anything you'd like to see, please let me know and I'll see if I can get it up. In my streams, I focus on themes of trauma and trauma recovery, and when I'm out in the world, I am building programming and art installations centering around themes of trauma recovery, community, intimacy, and... I don't know that word. I'm I'm bad. Um, Snonifying? Snonifying? the universe's harmonic properties we speak english good feel free to ask questions about the apocalypse creating music recovering from artistic block art creation and anything and re- or really anything else i love to discuss these topics yeah uh cat is awesome she's just so open to talk about whatever and, and and you know we we do the thing where we get into the weeds on this one so when are we not in the weeds can you tell me when we are not in the weeds I think Indy Fox is on. Yeah, Indy Fox is on. She's rave girl dancing in bikinis in a pool. Uh, wow, the world of Twitch. It's just such an interesting, interesting world. Anyways, Kat is coming up here in a moment. But first, go check out RainaMystique.com. R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Go check it out. She's going to be releasing some new music here soon. So keep your ear to the ground. You can also find Rain Mystique streaming on Twitch four days a week, Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. through 11 a.m. EST. So go get yourself some twitch.tv slash Mystique. You can also uh, go check out We Speak English Good on Twitch. That's right. We are on Twitch two days a week at this point, and we are switching our times from 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Mondays to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Times on Monday. Uh, So for now on, I I don't even know why I said that. I could have just said uh, for now on it's 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but I I did not. I just did whatever I wanted. So... (laughs) For now on, We Speak English is streaming live on Twitch. Mondays and Fridays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Wow, that was really a lot. Saucy, what did you need, bud? What? Oh, you want me to do with you? Okay. You can also find Saucy Chicken Nugget. He is a gamer. He'll be gaming, doing his thing on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash saucy chicken nugget with one N. Uh, so that's S 
a u s y or oops s a u c y c h i c k e n u g g e t there you go go get yourself some saucy chicken nugget i stream with him as well it's a family friendly stream so uh if you don't like the potty mouth come and get some isn't that right saucy Okay, thank you, Saucy. Anyways, uh, yeah, go and check him out. Go check out the We Speak English Good Twitch stream. And I'm telling you guys, I, I know I've been saying it for a while, but you guys are missing out on a lot of content on the Twitch stream that you're never going to get here on the lot, on the audio feed. So please do come through twitch.tv slash we speak English good. You can also support the show if you are so inclined. You can go to our what are to our merch store that is we speak English good dot threadless dot com. There's also a link in the show notes to make it easier for you. You can also get there from we speak English good dot com as well. It's under fresh merch. So go click around and go check out our our woo shirts and uh our our, our, our emote shirts and uh we, we got all kinds of cool stuff going on over there so go check it out and uh see what you think maybe pick up a shirt maybe maybe not who knows we have cups there's cups there as well and stickers anyways go check out that you can also like subscribe review like us on facebook instagram tiktok uh twitter discord the whole thing all the links are in the show notes. Go give your boy some love. You can, oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm burping. I'm burping up uh, potato salad, and it's pretty good. Pretty good burps. Uh, <laughs> God, that's stupid. You can also uh, subscribe to us on Apple iTunes, follow us on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube and on Twitch. You can also do us the biggest favor by leaving us a review. It's a completely free thing to do to support the show, and it helps us tremendously. So please do go leave us a review. I'll read the reviews on air if you want. If not, you can just be in the review. Be like, hey, Mike, don't read this on air, please, in the review itself. <laughs> and I'll be like, you know what? I'll respect you for that. Uh, yeah, so there you go. You can also write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. And that is it over here. Uh, let me see. Who do we got on the stream? So we got our one-year stream anniversary coming up. And I'm pretty excited about it. It's June 7th, 1 p.m. We're doing an eight-hour stream. We're going to have some old friends on the show for interviews. We're going to be playing marbles. And then me and my lovely wife are going to be doing a, a, a few tunes uh, as a duet. So please come through and hang out on Monday, June 7th from 1 p.m. to, uh, I'm guessing, 9 p.m. I guess. I don't know. We're just going to go. We're going. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Also, this Friday... Uh, June 4th, I have Just Goody on. Just Goody is a reggae soul artist out of San Diego, California. And I, they re I really dig what they're doing. So tune in live on the live stream. And I don't even know who's on the podcast feed. What is that? No, I do. I do. I, it's Lori and um, Crayuz, who is a wonderful singer-songwriter out of New York. So... We got lots of cool stuff going on this week, guys. So stay tuned and, and so much content. There's so much content going out there. Plus, I got to like do some special. Th I'm trying to do like special stuff for the one year and like switch some stuff around, make it look cool. So I got a lot of work to do this week. 
I'm trying to figure out still what I'm going to do. I don't even have the fucking show booked, so I don't even know who I'm going to ask on the show yet. So I don't know. We're just we're just we're just go flying by the, the the the. Oh my god. Oh my god. I got I got therapy. Okay, I I got an appointment, guys. I got therapy here, so I will talk to you guys later on, and um, be uh, I'll see you on the other side. All right. Bye. Oh wait, everybody, put your hands together for Cat Jones music. Oh my god. I'm sorry, I just got this uh, alarm saying that you got, I got an appointment, so. Okay, Cat Jones music, everybody. Uh, how was your day? It's going really well. It's beautiful outside. Yeah. It's like 60 degrees. Wow. Uh, I'm very, yeah, I'm really happy with the weather. Um, it's been uh, abnormally rainy this year, so everything's green Ooh. and glorious. Yes. Yeah, it's lovely. That that does sound lovely. That that sounds way lovelier than what I'm going through. It's just like gray and raining up here. I'm in Ohio, so it's like yeah. it's just it's just garbage weather with with garbage food. Uh, <laughs> in German, you say uh, Scheißwetter. Are you are you bilingual? <laughs> do you do you know different languages? Uh, I'm I'm working on my German, but I once was standing in Germany on a platform uh, with an old man while it was like raining, and he walks up to me and he's like, "Is Scheißwetter," <laughs> and then walks off. <laughs> and then how can you forget that? It's Scheißwetter. <laughs> Do, 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 gosh darn, I can't remember the name. Uh, Archimit Oren. That better not be some shit, caveman. That better not be some weird shit, okay? That's okay. Even if it is. Caveman's cool. Caveman's cool. <laughs> okay, so. I don't think it's some weird shit. I don't think it's weird shit either. I just, I, anytime I see like, okay, how do you handle, how do you handle people who come in and write, you know, something in their own language that you don't understand. How do you handle it? How, how does that work for you? Um, so all of that lives in a weird part of my brain. And I usually just freeze immediately <laughs> because I want to respond. I often know what they're saying. And then what comes out of my mouth is in the wrong language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. So like I ordered, I, 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 I was in Germany once I was on tour, I was ordering um, from a Duner cart, which is like, um, uh, like Greek food. Uh. And I walked up, I had practiced what I was going to say so that I wouldn't cause an international incident and then started <laughs> speaking Spanish instead of German. Oh. <laughs> and the guy in the cart started screaming at me uh, in German and and I'm and I just suddenly was like <laughs> just terrified uh, his dad ended up coming out of the store next door and yelling at him and then comes up to me and says point point and I was just like oh my god you know those Germans they, they don't like it when you talk different languages to them 
apparently. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 so glorious, but it was so embarrassing. And and ever since then, I get my languages mixed up now, and I freeze. <laughs> the moment i'm not confident in how to respond wow <laughs> I, I just immediately i'm like yeah if, I, I i used to be like i used to be fluent in spanish i live in tennessee now so i'm not anymore <laughs> and whenever people start speaking to me in spanish my brain goes you used to know what all of this was <laughs> well you <laughs> so you were in california right is that correct or yeah. uh what yeah, i was living in fresno Oh, in Fresno. Yeah, there's plenty of practice there if you want to speak Spanish in yeah. Fresno. Uh, I, I, I love, love love my Central Valley people. Do not care for Central Valley uh, at all. But the people out there, I love them. Love the people. Do not care for the 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 cesspools and the and the uh, and the choking heat. And then when the cesspool smell and the choking heat like mix together. It's like this this perfect storm of like just choking on cow manure piss. Yeah. Rotting in a ground all around you. It's it's it great. It does smell like a farm. It's farm. Yeah. But 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 but, yeah. but there's something special <laughs> about the the farms in Central Valley that's been roasting in the sun for for months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> The fermenting raisin smell mm. is a particular joy. Yes. Yeah, okay. that it's like cow poo plus fermenting raisin <laughs> equals. Yeah, what the hell is that? Yeah, equals Central <laughs> Valley, baby. That's Central Valley. Come with it. Come with it. No, I, I, I've had a lot of good times in Central Valley. Um, half of my band is from a place called Pat Patterson, Patterson, California. I think that's what it's called, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a Central Valley hole. Um, but, but apparently, they're the king of the uh, God. What are those little fruits that grow a lot up there? They're like oranges, and they make like uh, who cares? How about that? Who gives a shit? Uh, the but Patterson, yeah, I've I've had a lot of good times because half my band is from uh, North NorCal, and then the other half is from San Diego. So we would sort of play all these weird places in in fresno and and stockton and and, and uh, god you know all of those places those weird kumquats thank you thank you very much rain mystique uh yeah kumquats they uh do what yeah uh, i i saw that by the way uh caveman and, and i know what that says i know what that says i know what mi culo tengo mucho pelo means but uh you know that's fine <laughs> dex what's up <laughs> De uh, Anyways, so uh, what what, uh, what were, did you grow up in Central Valley, California? Where are you from, California? I was born in Fresno. Mm -hmm. uh, I moved away. Uh, we moved to Oklahoma for a while, and I kind of grew up in Tulsa, and then we moved back to Fresno. Um, so kind of just taking the like the great mi migration <laughs> yeah. pattern. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> Tulsa is basically. The same town as Fresno because all the migrants moved <laughs> to Fresno. Yeah. Um, so, That's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so, so, I mean, like knowing Spanish was very beneficial wherever you lived growing up. So were, did you learn Spanish just from being around the, the culture or did you learn it f through like school and then part this, part that? How, how did you pick it up? Yeah. 
I knew Spanish from being in the culture. I took a couple of years of Spanish, um, but I worked at a thrift store um, for about four years that actually um, our main clientele were migrant workers mm. um, from Mexico. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I had to communicate with them so I could understand Spanish fluently and then um, and then grew to speak it fluently. And then I moved to Scotland <laughs> Uh, for a year and didn't use it for a year and it never came back wow. <laughs> it just disappeared holy shit yeah. that's crazy it, it's crazy to think how quickly that stuff goes uh if you're not oh practicing uh, i mean it's like anything it's like music is if i don't practice for a long time it like mm -hmm. i just lose speed i lose accuracy it's just garbage town and it's same thing with language or i guess anything really what took you to Scotland? Why why Scotland? That's that's a fun I went to theater school in Scotland. Okay. Yeah. So it was like a theater and art school. Um I'm not an actor. Um, but it was an incredible experience and I ended up teaching theater in India and Nepal oh. um for seven weeks and then was part of a history making tour of Macbeth to Scottish castles and cathedrals. Wow. So that's uh, really it was cool. badass. So, <laughs> it was a really good experience. So you're not an actor. I mean, you're not an actor. I mean, you're a voice actor, right? I mean, I, that that's I'm a voice actor. You're an actor, cat. Yeah. You're an actor. Don't don't put yourself down like that. <laughs> that was stupid. Uh, <laughs> I'm not like a. Where's my spot? What do yeah. I do? But you've done theater okay. and stuff, right? <laughs> but. You, um, I developed a theater length piece with an, with a dance organization, but mm. that was like a meditation on overcoming and surviving um, post-traumatic stress. Oh. Um, I did a, an immersive theater event, uh, which was about the deadliest train crash in America, which was in 1918. Um, 121 people died. And that was like, and then it got buried because most of the, the lives that were lost were uh, African-American. And so um, that was sort of like a, a memorial, basically, for the lives that were lost and a remembrance and education opportunity. Um, so I have some, like, I've been in theater pieces, mm. <laughs> but always as a musician, always mm. as an artistic contributor. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> so you're not going out there and saying, I'm an, well, I got it all wrong, folks. I got it all wrong. <laughs> how, tell me, how does theater help you get over trauma? And what, what kind of trauma were you guys trying to get past with your with your theater? Oh, music? man. So uh, so I was in I, I, I always tell people like when they're new to my streams, like my name is Kat Jones. I'm here to guide you through the apocalypse. I create trauma informed work. Um, <laughs> I've been in two tornadoes. A flood bailed 3,500 gallons of water out of my house. Um, I was, uh, after I moved to Nashville, was in a drive-by. I was a witness to a murder. Um, there were some very intense things that happened here after I moved here. And, um, and, uh, and so I had a lot of post-traumatic stress. Wow. And, um, and didn't know at the time but i was writing a lot of music that's known as alternative narrative therapy you create a new story where you're victorious over your circumstances and instead of just processing 
whatever sadness you feel or whatever. Um, and then I, um, um, I'm a professional breather, uh, which is a very weird coincidence. And so um, the breathing techniques that I was using and performing and the music that I was developing essentially helped me to work through the PTSD in a way that I was creating major strides through it instead of staying stuck, I guess. So... Um, and theater specifically, I have a lot of friends who are in theater. Theater is like a weird miracle because you can come into a space as, um, as an anonymous viewer and process your own life through a theater piece and have it speak to you, inform you um, completely anonymously. And you can be having a completely different experience to the person next to you in regards to what you're processing and what you're working through. And it can just give new shape and hope to the ideas that you're working through. Wow, that that's really intense. Um, so I'm, I'm, how do you so what what are some of like the methods that you're doing in these pieces that I know you're saying that you, you sort of rewrite the narrative, but what are, what else are you doing um, in these pieces that sort of helped you get through those very traumatic things that you went through? I mean, my God, murders and drive-bys and tornadoes. Like I've been through kind of a tornado and it is off. I've been through kind of a tornado and, and an earthquake. And fuck that. I don't know. And I'm not into it. I, I don't like either yeah. one of them. And and being through an earthquake actually did fuck with me. It did give me some kind of trauma to the point where I had to stop. There would just be moments where I had to stop and like stare at the walls, make sure that there's nothing moving, there's nothing shaking. Cause like a lot of times I lived in an old beach house in Cali. So like you could hear the windows rattling in the, in the, in the, you know, so I'd have to sit there and stand and I would get that all the time. And I like in the shower. And that was like my biggest fear is like, it's going to start earthquaking while I'm like on the toilet or in the middle of a shower and like have soap in my hair. And I'm going to have to like run out like, "Ah!" cause that's exactly how I'm going to run out. Ah! Somebody save me, Jesus! Uh, so it would it, it it really does fuck with you those natural disasters. So what is it that you guys were doing that was helping you um, in these theater pieces get past these crazy moments that you've had to live through? Yeah, for me, a lot of it was about the songwriting and then the opportunity to have other people tell their stories. Mm. So um, uh, I, I show a video on my stream sometimes of a piece, um, I, the theater piece that I created or the theater length piece that I created with Fall. Uh, we have a piece in it called Blood Under the Red Wounds, which is a... Um, narrative about a woman it's loosely based off of the uh Lacey and scott peterson case where um scott peterson essentially uh killed his wife and then um he was having an affair he wanted to stay with his um his mistress. The other woman yeah <laughs> And, and, and killed her and then, um, and then uh, threw her into the bay, right? And, um, and I was going through something at the time that was pretty intense that I didn't understand how to process and ended up writing a murder ballad about a woman who is bleeding out in the redwoods 
right? Wow. And um, and the story ends, and her her vision starts to close in. You essentially watch her die, and then um, and then her spirit starts cycling through the trees, and and she comes in, um, has finally realized what has happened, has finally accepted now that she's passed away what she was participating in and uh and and the person kills the other woman in this story uh not the wife and um and so she's cycling through the trees and she's basically like crying out against her attacker um and uh and i really use that song as an example a as a huge catharsis and catharsis is such a huge point of trauma recovery but i also use it as a space to really make people aware of trauma against um women and trans individuals that are happening in society now um communities where it's an not an accepted part of culture but still in a way accepted um that women are kidnapped or disappeared and their bodies are found a few weeks later in forests or um, the sex trafficking industry um, being at, at an all-time high right now. Things like that, like really focusing people in on um, being a representation of, of what it is to remember people who have gone through trauma and in, in the piece to Apocalypse that we developed, the dancer who's performing, we actually had her insert her own story into the piece. And so um, there's no narrative happening. It's all done through dance. But she's processing an experience that she had a few years beforehand and really allowing herself to A, experience and feel her anger and um and then B, really allow herself to let go of that experience as much as she can and move forward into like a, this killed me, um, but I have been reborn because of it as well. And so just being able to reinsert these new narratives of survival and what it is to reframe your life and allow that thing that has hurt you so badly to give you supply you with a new framework to be the energy that you move forward in yeah. if that makes sense it does it does i mean <clears throat> as somebody who's gone been in therapy for a couple of years now just knowing that you do sort of have to like go through these traumas that you live through but but there's a difference between um going through it and i don't know if owning it is is the right word but but not letting it own you and not letting that define mm -hmm. you and let that be where you stop in growth and development where it's like um, to, in order to grow past this, you sort of have to like live through it and, and, and recognize it. But, but um, uh, I don't know what the right word is, just, but owning the situation instead of sort of letting it own you is, is, is what I gather from it. Right. Am I, am, am I on target there at all? I don't, I, I think the monitor, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's good. And a, a big a big part of alternative narrative therapy is with PTSD, you get stuck in loops. Yes, and so yeah. your brain starts going tick, 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 tick on the same idea over right, and right. over and over again. And the, the reason why is because your brain is trying to solve the problem. It's trying to complete 
that loop. Yeah. And what alternative narr- narrative therapy specifically does is put you back into that situation and create an opportunity for you to close mm. that loop and complete it and move forward. So wow. um, it's a huge trick, basically, yeah. for your brain. But, yeah. <laughs> but our brain is, is like that, though. It's like our brain is like this complex, stupid thing that you could just tell. It's like, hey, uh, like like a perfect example I bring up all the time is like telling myself that I love myself. And because that's a huge thing that that I've had to deal with is like is finding love for myself and, and you know, having some kind of self-respect. And it, I, I used to drink and drug and do all the good stuff. And, and you know, you, you find uh, you have to really start loving who you are. In, the, in order to find any kind of respect for yourself, to especially to start taking care of yourself and not just sort of running like a fucking, like a, like a out of control train, you know, just moving forward and not sort of not even paying attention to, you know, that the tracks are running out and, and that your wheels are falling off and, you know, the engine's overheating and you're just like, who cares? I'm just going with the momentum of the situation and fuck it all. And it, it, yeah. you, you really do have to sort of step back and and, and take some sort of, a, you know, take, take a, I always forget that stupid word. Anyways, you got to make sure that you, you sort of have all your shit in one sock before you can keep moving on. Me, yeah. me and Mrs. Jones, we got a thing going on. <laughs> good what's up dutchman <laughs> welcome in welcome in buddy good to see you um the so with your with with your the 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 work that you're doing with theater and were you able to sort of see and and uh, were you able to sort of see uh, the effects of your work on uh, how it affected people especially people who might be looking to sort of move past some issues were you able to see the benefits yeah we got a lot of really positive feedback um and 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 actually put feedback cards in the seats oh, so right. people could tell us in real time mm-hmm. what what their experience was and and we had one woman come in saying that she had actually been traumatized she didn't go into too great detail been traumatized by a massive event um that weekend mm. and it already had the tickets for this program and then uh oh thank you so much for that gift Thanks. sub thank, thank you, you thank you so much you're, um you're the shit Love and you, uh and oh my she... god sorry please i'm so sorry you're trying to talk about this very serious thing and i'm over here hitting air horns like we're at the club that's so great (laughs) (laughs) um but she um she mentioned that um that it actually like not only reframed that specific issue that she Mm. had just been through but that it also reframed a bunch of other things that she needed to figure out that she she arrived feeling broken and left feeling more whole you know yeah. which was incredible yeah that's, that's feedback exa- yeah. and then another person um gave me some feedback a few weeks later asked me to coffee and and, and we hung out and they were like i kind of something really strange happened to me during that piece and i was like okay <laughs> you know and he's like i it was like I didn't know that there was stuff in my house that needed to be to be removed. And while I was sitting down and, and watching this piece, it was like a thief came in, 
stole a bunch of this stuff. And when I left, I was just like a better person. And it's been that way for weeks. And I don't understand that. That's like some weird shit that that we didn't intend, that we hoped hoped that kind of stuff would be able to happen. And we developed that piece for over a year. Um, but there's no way of knowing how it's going to land until yeah. it's completed. And so getting feedback like that was yeah incredible i'm sure that's like all you really want to hear is like how we do how we uh how we um how it affects people and how it works yeah like bonnie was saying um fantastic i feel like so many artists struggle to know the impact of their work so that's pretty awesome way to connect Mm -hmm. with others yeah most definitely hyping the sad stuff is the new meta and it kind of is you know because there's no I mean, what's the benefit from running away from these ideas and thoughts? You know, people who sort of bury traumatic events in their lives, you know, like what, what is what's the alternative here? You know, if we don't confront these these issues, what's the alternative? And I mean, and I'm sure you've had to live through the alternative and I've lived through the alternative. I know what happens when I ignore the stupid things that happened in my life that I couldn't control. And uh, I just was, became an alcoholic and, and I was shooting dope, shooting dope and smoking joints and reefers and stuff. And, and I still smoke reefer, reefers. No one says reefer. Uh, but, but, you know, like I was reefers. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, like there was a, so was there ever a time in your life where you were sort of letting these, where not letting, because you kind of don't even re- realize this shit's happening. You know, you don't really realize that you have this trauma that's this ptsd was there a time in your life where where the ptsd was sort of out of hand and you weren't aware of it i mean and how did you handle that the ptsd was out of hand and i was aware of it which was a nightmare (laughs) yeah (laughs) because i feel like being able to lucidly like just live your life in in some sort of state of like I have no idea what I'm doing to myself yes. as its own gift. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ignorance is bliss, as they say. Right. Yeah. Um, but I I had actually come down with a uh, rare combination of thyroid diseases, um, and um, and uh, they were keeping my body in a state of fight or flight. So I had PTSD. And then I had this other chemical thing happening in my body that was essentially, it was a nightmare in here. It was a nightmare. And, um, and, uh, and both of my parents are therapists and they're very good and they've never like worked on like therapizing me or, you know what I'm saying? Like they weren't unhealthy with their children and how they approached their work. Mm. Um, but this idea of constantly being healthy, of constantly being in the right place, like if I'm n- if I'm aware of the fact that I'm unhealthy or in the wrong place, it's its own special torture, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, especially if I don't know how to get to the right place. And so it took about eight years, A, for doctors to test me and know what was going on. Um, because of the rare combination of disorders. Um, and I lost a lot of friends. I was, I was like, would get these like very intense rushes of hormones over tiny things like 
someone would move a plate and it would make me anxious and I would scream at that person. Like it was very insane, insane behavior. And, um, and, uh, and then, then I'd walk away and the chemicals, like the rush of chemicals would leave my body after about five minutes. And I would feel the monster sort of like go back into its hole. And then I'd just be like, what just happened? Yeah. It was like having two people in my body, you know, and I'd mm-hmm. walk up and apologize and let them know, I don't know what's going on. I'm really scared. Please be patient with me, you know. Um, uh, and it and and I was going to like weird experimental therapy sessions to try it because I just thought it was all post-traumatic stress. Uh, going to weird experimental therapy sessions in order to like plow through some of the stuff and nothing ever felt like it was fitting until my doctor until I found a doctor that knew what was wrong with me just by looking at me, diagnosed me, confirmed it with the blood tests, put me on a special diet, all the things, and everything changed. I completely changed in six weeks. Whoa. Isn't that with a diet and stuff? Person. Wait, wait, what, what, with what, a diet, what, yeah. What? Well, I, I mean, I'd already been doing all of that therapy, uh-huh. you know? And so that had all been going on in the foreground for eight years yeah. and just, it never felt like it fit. And then, and then suddenly this one other diet change happened. My doctor basically took me off of gluten yeah, and everything yeah. suddenly changed. Everything suddenly changed because my body stopped releasing those fight or flight hormones into my heart. So, uh, it was crazy. <laughs> completely insane no i i you know i i i'm i'm connecting really deeply with that because i i it's it's sort of stuff that happens with me and i just recently went on um psych meds and which i was super against i mean i'm just i was so against going on antidepressants but it's fucking helping it's it's fucking helping like and and i would have those moments where for something seemingly as stupid as moving a plate like I would freak the fuck out and then, you know, 10, 15 minutes later after the excitement has calmed, uh, it, it, for me, it's like a huge wave of depression hits me. It's just like this huge wave of sadness because yeah. I, I feel like I've, I've let everybody down again. I've let myself down again. And then you have to go and deal with the repercussions and you can only say you're sorry so many times before they're just like, well, this is just who this person is, a piece of shit. <laughs> who yeah. wants to yell at people about yeah. plates? And, and, and you know, it, yeah. but it, but it's like, it's, it's, it's not because do you really give a fuck about if someone moves that plate? No, I don't really get, I don't care if they move that plate or not. But for whatever reason, in that moment, it was just too much. And, and it's like, yep. and then it's over. Uh, and it's just, it's a terrible thing. And, and it's, uh, yeah, we're talking about mental health right into it. Huh, Macy? Uh, it's a, it's, it's one of those things that, oh, Macy, thank you so much. I appreciate, oh, moving Dutchman. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for that gift sub to Macy. I appreciate it, bud. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's always best to, to, to start working on yourself now. It's like, you can you can go if if you're having these moments where you're like you're having these uncontrollable outbursts of emotion and however it manifests 
it's time to get help now. It's like that kind of shit doesn't, it's, it's unhealthy. It's just explosive changes in behavior is not a healthy way to live your life. And who, uh, and I did it for so long and I don't, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't, yeah. Anyways, it, it's, it's, we all know that when, if you need help, you need to get help. What's up, Whispering Glitter? Welcome to the party. Thank you for being here. Good to see you. Um, so, so I, I just have to ask, cause I've been through a tornado too, but not as bad. And if you don't want to talk about, it, please, we can move right the fuck. I'm on. happy to talk about it. Okay. I okay. love talking about it. <laughs> okay. Well, I, how did, so how did you, Macfire, Macfur, um, so what was, cause you said two of them, right? You were through two of them. And, uh, like, so how, what was the proximity? Like, how did you see it? Like what, what was going on? And, and you can pick one, <laughs> whatever one is more entertaining for from your perspective, which sounds terrible. Entertain us with your trauma cat. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's the, not how the we... last one is the most entertaining. Not at all, but, uh, <laughs> I don't apologize. It's fine. I, it's um, just... I have a sick sense of humor, so it's totally fine. <laughs> well, I love that you have like the apocalypse thing and we're going to talk about that because I love, because I have an obsession with the apocalypse myself. I don't know if yours is an obsession, but you definitely incorporate a lot into your art. So oh. there has to be a little obsession of it. It is certainly an obsession. <laughs> I absolutely love the concept and theory of apocalypses. Yeah, totally. So, um, I mean, sort of leading into so, that, I mean, a natural disaster is the closest yeah. thing that we see as apocalyptic events that happen to us. So please... Tell or us. a pandemic, yeah. Or, or a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> or a fucking pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So to to briefly like run over the first tornado to kind of make space for the second one. Um, that day, I woke up in a neighborhood uh, where I suddenly heard hundred-year-old trees cracking at the base. Oof. And I gra grabbed my dog, ran to the center of the house, realized that my roommate had loaded every single possible place I could hide from the tornado <laughs> with stuff, Whoa. so I couldn't had no place to hide. And um, and uh, and uh, and it was this really old dilapidated house we were living in a really poor neighborhood and there was there were holes in the house so the so you could hear the train sound if you don't know what a uh, a tornado sounds like a train uh, when it's right next to you or getting close to you um so we could hear the sound like i could hear the sound right over my head in the house and my roommate was staying in another house so i was alone in this moment with my dog shaking never been so terrified in my entire life yeah. and uh mm. and um and looking at like tiny little dust bowls all the way through the house like just kind of picking up Whoa. and uh and then listening to these trees collapse around the house and i was more scared that a tree was going to hit the roof and kill me than I was about anything else in that moment. Oof. And the, and, and luckily there was not that much devastation in, in the neighborhood. It was most of the trees had fallen down. A lot of people's porches were crushed, that kind of stuff, but no one died. Um, uh, but it was just a really surreal experience. And um, this was in Oklahoma, we the poorest neighborhood. 
in the city at the time and so the city gave their resources to us last of and course. we didn't have power for three weeks Jesus. <laughs> this was in there. oklahoma this is here in nashville oh in nashville yeah. Jeez, louise yeah. okay yeah. and then uh and the flood the flood was literally a year before that so i had just bailed 3500 gallons out of my house and i was living in this house because i had been displaced from my home and had to move to this other house in wow. order to get a roof over my head Holy quickly shit. And this know? is all in nashville um, this is all taking place this in is all in nashville whoa yeah wow yeah i moved to portland oregon for three years after this happened so that i could take a break <laughs> <laughs> what's interesting about portland now is that 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 it, there's like there's a bunch of like f places on fire which i don't know if that's how it is now but my god last year was crazy but anyways please continue yeah yeah so um and then last year on march 3rd um i we had a tornado that the city had no idea was coming Whoa. it was in a a um Meteoro meteorological anomaly um um and it destroyed i think 120 miles of pathway Holy um shit. and no one knew it was coming and so i had decided i was driving home from uh meeting a friend after a really stressful meeting at my former workplace and um and I was like, it's a lovely night. I think there's some heat lightning moving in. For those of you don't, who don't know, in the south, you get like natural lightning um, from the cold air and, the, and the, the heat sort of colliding. It can be clear outside. There'll still be lightning in the sky. Um, and so I thought that there was some heat lightning moving in. So I was like, I'm going to go to the pedestrian bridge. It's midnight. I'm on the phone with one of my best friends. I'm going to sit down and watch this lightning move in. And I pulled off onto the exit where this bridge is and uh, looked to my right, realized that there was a tornado siren going off. I was like, that's weird because there's no weather happening right now. And I looked to my right and there was this giant mass right next to me that I could barely see because it was so black. And it ate a transformer, and I saw the sparks go up into the tornado. Oh and I was like, oh, holy shit. And I turned around really quickly. I dragged my car through a median that you're not supposed to drive over. Fuck that and median. I parked underneath the nearest bridge. Wow. Um, and then I just waited on the phone with my friend, panicking um, while he was talking me down. Um, I waited there for an hour until emergency vehicles came and, uh, and said that it was safe to leave. And the interesting thing about that was that for me, the experience of seeing the tornado wasn't that scary. It was having to accept that I could die while I was sleeping that night and the next night and the next night and the next night. Oh. In order to fall asleep, I had to say, I could die tonight. I need to go to bed. Um, and that took a toll on me. Like, so the following year when we still, when we've started to have storms again and we've had some more flooding and some, some more tornadoes, um, that I've 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 had to start streaming uh, and just basically start playing music so that I can 
process it um, live in real time and be like, you guys, I'm having a hard day. I'm really struggling. I'm going to stream because I need to reset my autonomic reflexes. We're going to do some breathing exercises. We're going to do some singing. Um, this is all about me. I'm not helping you today. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> shit. I mean, you got to be able to heal yourself, man. That that's nuts. The, it, it's it's crazy to think about. You know, just the after effects of it. It's like being in the process of seeing it. Yeah, that was scary. But the fact that you had to like talk yourself into sleeping and just by accepting death, which. That sounds like a, a terrible trip gone wrong. Like uh, you took some, <laughs> took the brown acid, man. Like that sounds like a horrible thing. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's really interesting to me though that that you had to accept that. Why do you think it was that you had to accept death in order to fall asleep? I mean, for me, it would be like I'm gonna die. There's no way I'm going to sleep because I'm not gonna let myself die just by going to sleep. And so what what was it about the acceptance that was getting you through this? I think I think for me, and that was a temporary coping mechanism. Right. Because right. now 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 when it storms, I am often awake going, I'm scared. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Um Um But at the time I think it was I I I mean I don't know if you saw pictures of, of the tornado from last year, but um, um, it was so devastating. I had friends sucked out of their windows and thrown 20 feet. Like, um, it was so intense. It was an F4 that covered an, an, an enormous amount of land. Tornadoes don't usually last for that long. And, uh, and um, you know, I'd gone to neighborhoods to go deliver food and arrived because um, uh, uh, it was helping out with some of the disaster relief and, uh, and arrived realizing that um, that there there was that whole neighborhood was actually gone Jeez. and we didn't have the resources to know that no one lived there wow. um, because the power was out all over the city. Um, so it ingested so much internal visions of what happened um and so many scary stories of people who had died in their sleep um because if you don't hear the tornado siren like my my house is also mostly soundproof oh um, from the outside world because yeah. i live next to the airport oh. so i might not hear a tornado you know i might not hear the sirens unless my windows are open and so i was just like you know what i'm not i'm not gonna know yeah 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 <laughs> so so accepting uh, that you don't have any control over what's gonna happen is, is sort of a, com yeah. a comfort for yeah. you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to, to kind of be like, you know, if, if it's going to be my last moment, I'd rather die asleep than die afraid, you know? I could um, I feel that. And to take that in and just be like, you know, it is what it is. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, there was the one in Dayton, which is about a couple hours south of where we are right now. Yeah. And uh, we drove mm -hmm. through the devastation and we drove through the, the neighborhoods and like there's just trees like spiraled and, and slivered out in just all crazy directions. And there's just metal fixtures just bent and, and, and just con 
contorted in in just the most crazy fucking shapes and you're just like holy shit it's better t- for potential death to sleep is good yeah doing good going mm-hmm. to move to another place on sunday oh oh i see you're in another <laughs> oh look at those improv streaming skills yes indeed uh the <laughs> Yeah, no, but the the tornado thing, man, is just such a weird, weird, weird one because it's like they do just sort of touch down wherever and wherever it lands. And and what's strange is that there's they only exist in like certain areas in the world. So like the Midwest and like the South and even as west as like Oklahoma gets it, but then nowhere else in the world, I think, except for like Japan or something. I think it's like it's yeah. like us in Japan get tornadoes and that's it. And so it's just such a weird thing. You choose the wrong land. Yeah, you know what, mental? I can't help it. I can't help that my wife just moved me back <laughs> to the Midwest where I did not want to be. But you know what? I, I don't mind it now. <laughs> I don't mind when when I look at California now, like what they've gone through in this past year. I'm so glad I don't live there anymore. <laughs> like, fuck that place. <laughs> fuck it in the face. Uh, so this was all right before the pandemic then, right? Like, this, this you said it was March 3rd when all this happened? March 3rd, yeah. And then, so and then, the, we closed down on March 14th. Huh. So, what? wow. So it's just this whole... So then how did you handle the pandemic? How did that... How did that, I mean, because it's just like one thing after another for you. How was those first days of the pandemic? And especially as someone who is obsessed. First of all, before we do that, why the obsession with the apocalypse? And, and why? I'm just curious. Uh, well, apocalypse means to unveil and to reveal. Like hmm. that's the actual Greek meaning of the word. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know... Um, the imagery about the end of the world is fascinating to me. Um, and I find that apocalyptic circumstances are happening all the time, yes. constantly yes. in individual lives. Mm-hmm. And whether it's your dad passing away, there are major events that happen in our lives that completely unmake and reshape us yeah. every few years, you know? Um, and I feel like I actually kind of think if you're not being unmade and reformed multiple times during a lifetime, then I kind of feel bad for you. Yeah. You know? No, I, I, um, I agree. I agree with you. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so it's, it's interesting to me because I think that, um, that, and I, you know, I, 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 tend to have the kind of personality type where I find beauty in really sort of horrible circumstances anyway. Like yeah. I m- meet and make friends with homeless people and homelessness is a tragedy, but there's also this incredible beauty in in the process of being homeless. I've been homeless. It's so it's like it's um it's just this really beautiful I don't know the moments these moments can be really beautiful you know like the process of being homeless i don't remember anything beautiful about being homeless but but the opportunities to serve your community the opportunities to to reach farther in and allow yourself to 
be someone to that helps solve these problems like these there there are just these like i don't know these incredible incredible moments that some of the uh the conversations that you have with people who um are struggling through mental illness and that's why they ended up on the street and then you have this these lucid moments where they bring you this incredible insight about how the world functions like there's can just be so much beauty in suffering and um and so i think and i and i like one of my first experiences is is a memory of my brother passing away and so i think that i grew up with a lot of pain in my life from a very very young age watching my parents process through a lot of pain from a very very young age and to be able to um, reframe that in a way, I have to be able to reframe it in a way where I can digest it and it can serve me, Yeah, you know? And so I think that I became obsessed with the apocalypse. I also became obsessed with horror movies as a result of it. You know, my brother died in a very gruesome way. I had that imagery in my head from the age of three years old. Oh um, getting into horror movies at the age of five and like learning to love how funny they were was a major coping mechanisms that my parents allowed me to have, you know? Um, so, um, I think there are these like weird ways that you end up process processing your individual space and learning to accept where you are instead of receiving judgment from the outside world and taking that in as true, you know, like that kind of, these kind of things you know a lot of people are like oh you're really dark why is your sense of humor so messed up like that kind of stuff and i'm and i'm just like you haven't had my life (laughs) 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 gotta get through this somehow yeah (laughs) yeah for sure yeah i mean you gotta you gotta be able to handle that i mean because you know you know i don't know what happened with you and your brother and stuff but i mean seeing anything horrible like that especially at a young age or experiencing know terrible things at a young age it's like those things come up they come up as an adult like i like i feel like all the things i'm dealing with are just scars from childhood and it's like it's 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 just those things you have to sort of confront in any way you can because again what's the Mm -hmm. alternative what's the alternative of not dealing with it and not coping with it is it drug abuse? Is it cutting? Is it, you know, suicidal thoughts? You know, is it yelling at people for moving a fucking plate? Like, whatever it is, it's going to come back. Uh, and, and to deal with that, and it's like, yeah, fuck what people are saying. Like, oh, you're dark. You're doing It's like, oh, go fuck yourself. Like, that. It, do you think right. I have, so I have like some family members who've had, you know, rough, a rough life. And it, it Do you think that there are just some people who are born into a certain amount of suffering? Because I I feel like I know a few people in my life and I I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound like any horrible, I don't want to sound horrible here, but like, do you think that you, you sort of are born into this? I know this is very meta, but what what do you think about that idea? Because I see people, certain people who have just the worst things happen to them their whole life. You know, I have a family who's lost, like, they had three kids. They lost both of both kids. And, you know, they just lots mm-hmm. of different things that they're constantly overcoming. I, I dated a girl who's constantly mm-hmm. overcoming horrible things, you know, and 
and she's into it right now. She's she's dealing with some horrible shit. Uh, and, and even people in her family, her like her grandma has gone through a whole life where she's lost people, lost her sons, and has dealt with a lot of stuff. Yeah, I guess in a way, karma. Um, do, do you think people are born into this sort of, this, this, these experiences? So, uh, w- one thing I want to say with the word karma and is, is that I think we re- there's a very dangerous stage of victim blaming that we can lean into karma mm. on. And I want to be really careful in yeah. not doing that. A lot of people have come up to me and said, like, what is it in your life that draws these things to you? Yeah, you know see, I like, didn't want to sound that like that asshole, which I already did, but please. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Sorry. And, and, uh, and like, that is, no, 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 no. That's a, that is a form of vic- victim blaming, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we, there, there's a lot of, like, new, new age sort of. Yeah. I, I uh, so like in Christianity, you it it presents itself as like, well, you've sinned, and so A, B, and C is happening to you. What sin is happening in your life? And right. we have the same thing in areas that aren't taking those kinds of religious stances in 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 saying that like, well, you know, it's you know, you're as sick as you are because you have a type A personality and your body is trying to slow you down. You know, mm. it's like these other kinds of victim blaming that happen, it's the exact same conversation, mm. you know? Um and so I, I wanna I wanna steer away from blaming people for the tragedy happening in their lives. Right. Like I don't think that that is here, and it's a mystery, right? Right. Like it's a total mystery right. why that stuff happened, you know. And so, um, but I, but you know, I have a chronic illness. A lot of my friends have chronic illnesses. We have developed a culture of. Um, sort of helping each other move through that space of chronic illness. And one of the things that we're constantly dealing with, you know, same as like, oh, you've been through so much. You're so dark. Oh, why are you so weird? Like all that stuff, that kind of shaming stuff, like um, the same energy comes with like, oh, why are you sick all the time? Is it because uh, of like you have such a strong personality i feel like the universe is trying to tell you to chill out like yeah. these kind of dumb conversations you know um whereas it's much more helpful i i think to say everyone has one life and they just get the life that they get mm-hmm. you know i believe in i believe in god personally um i'm not here pushing that belief on anyone else that is a huge coping mechanism for me. I don't ask why anymore, I think. Mm. Um, I'm more lean into like, I need you to help me through this and I'm gonna root down into you so that we can walk through this moment, you know? Mm. Um, and just approach it from from what I can control, you know? Yeah. Asking why is not something I can control and it's not helpful, you know, but asking how do I, none of that matters. What does it mean to overcome this and be someone who can still serve people and not take my pain out on the world? What does it look like to just immediately start working on that instead of asking why? And, um, and, and then just to move into that, I mean, certainly 
people some people have more pain in their life is it a set of random circumstances you know is it you know they've fallen into bad habits and drug addiction and that kind of stuff and are starting to draw that pain towards them that is a real thing that happens mm-hmm. in 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 a situation where there's just a lot of like random weather disasters like you know um um, I'm, I'm not going to say that I've drawn that to myself, right. you know, like yeah. that seems stupid. So, so I think it's just like a really good space to just remember that like having compassion on people also means trying not to blame them for their own struggles, even though it's, I think we're af- inherently offended by other people's struggles, um, <laughs> or tend to be. Yeah. Right. We can be. Yes. <laughs> yes. We. Yeah. No. Totally. Uh, and to to I mean to a fault, uh, we do that. You know. And and I wasn't trying to insinuate that this is something you brought upon yourself uh, at all. Um, I was speaking more in that sort of metaphysical kind of. Do you think that there's something more to the universe that sort of draws it into you? But you know, like I, I'm not trying to. You know, like when people when when women get raped, it's like, well, what were you wearing? And it's like, what, what? No, fuck that. Why is this person asking me what I was wearing when some fucking animal just came and took something of me? And it's like, no, and that that's not how I wanted that to come across. But it did. <laughs> so. Oh, I, I, I wasn't saying it that way. I just, yeah. I just wanted to like clarify it. No, you no, know? no. It, it, and me and too. for me too. for and from for Menti Warsi, um, I, I think Western views of what karma is are very different yes. from what Hindu views of what karma is. And Absolutely. so I wasn't saying that for your view. I was more saying saying that for the Western art uh, uh, audience and and what American approaches of what karma is. It's um, true. Karma karma in America is very much about victim blaming. Yeah. It's your karma. <laughs> it's your karma. It's this is what's coming to you. Yeah. It's your karma. Um the uh I I I actually should have asked this a long time ago, but um uh it, it, Mental was asking, could family be an answer to all trauma? And just by being able to talk mm-hmm. to them and talk it out, it was, uh, mm-hmm. I guess uh, he was just asking, is that something for you? Is that, was that, I mean, you mentioned that your parents were uh, therapists. So, I mean, were, were you able to find, you know, help with your family? And were they able to help you through these moments? Um, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not for me. Wow. You know, I think it's I think it's different for everyone. I'm sure. Um I mean when my brother died, that tore our family apart, you yeah. know? Um my dad my dad never recovered from it. Yeah. Ever. You know, my mom uh it uh my brother wasn't her son. Um he's my half brother. Um, and so she had a little bit of a better time with it, but she was also dealing with my dad's incredible grief, you know? Um, and, uh, and my grandfather, my grandfather was an alcoholic. So my dad is dealing with like being a child of an alcoholic also, and, you know, trying to move through, move through that space, um, in a healthy way, um, or in his own way. Um, 
but I do have chosen family here and mm. they have been incredibly helpful. And yeah. me and my mom are very close. My dad and I were pretty close. It didn't, it wasn't like a permanent rift, but my childhood was very lonely. It was, that was not a space where my parents came in to help deal with my emotional pain. Yeah. You know, that was a space where my parents were trying to survive their own emotional pain and I was left trying to figure out if there were tools I could have, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really interesting. I think, I think family is a huge step for many people, yeah. but I don't think that, um, that there's one answer to everyone's recovery, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. Thank you for those hundred biddies. Um, you want you you want to know what Baby Yoda thinks about it? Well, yeah, you, you know what you gotta do. <laughs> uh, the well, you mentioned you know you feel bad for people. Okay, let me ask this one question, Moving Dutchman, because I am interested in hearing her answer um, right this second. So, uh, why you mentioned that you know you feel sort of bad for people who haven't had sort of their apocalypse. Um, in, in, in how you were describing apocalypse. Why is that? Why do you think that people need to or, or should experience some kind of apocalyptic moments in their life? Um, I mean, I just think it's, it, it is, it, it, you know, it takes many years to move through an apocalypse, but I feel like, like, the person that you see on the other side of that, the person who emerges, the person that is unveiled and revealed is often way more compassionate, has holds way more space for other people, has way more empathy. Um, if they're, if they're not retreating into sort of like a, a, a selfish space, I would say, like, you know, if they're not immediately like being like, oh, that never should have happened. Life is unfair. And then that's yeah. the end of the conversation and they stop, right. you know? Um, and so if, but if you're coming to the space, honestly, with like, I want to grow as a result of this, I just think it, it, it makes you a deeper and more complete person and that you can carry to other people a sense of strength that heals, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's the reason why I do trauma informed work now is because I, I'm hoping to be able to bring to people a sense of new strength that could potentially give them some healing in whatever part of the journey that that helps with mm. in that stage. So not to say that I have all the answers and can heal a whole person, <laughs> yeah. but maybe there's like a tiny little piece of that moment that I can help provide. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right that uh, when you go through, uh, oh yeah, man, have a good night. Uh, Wild But Sober. Thanks for stopping in, buddy. I appreciate it. Enjoy that sleepy lurk. Uh, and uh, Dutchman, you need to work on your freshness, sir. Um, not so fresh today. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, 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 I agree. It's like 
I, I don't know. It's like you don't know what the terrain is unless you went out and like walked it, you know. And, and when when you when you when you're like hiking a mountain and you're going through it, like you're just all you want to do is quit and all you do want turn back or sit down. But when you hit that peak, when you're at the top at the summit of that mountain of that hike, it, and the wind hits your face and you see you look out mm. over whatever view it is. It's you've become you transcended, you know, like you've become something else that you went through this struggle. You went through the stress of, of climbing up this mountain and, and now you're up here reaping the benefits. And uh, I just think that you're right. It's like if you've never been out there climbing mountains, it's like you're, you're not when, when the mountain does approach and it will approach because you're not going to go through life without fucking scaling some mountains. Um uh, chaos is going to happen. Horrible things are going to happen in your life. Maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, but it is going to happen eventually. And I feel like going through and living through traumas prepares you for the next one because it's just, I mean, you know, uh, I don't want to say life is a series of traumas that we get through, but I mean, it is. I mean, even the act of being born, just being ripped out of your mother's womb, you know, and, 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 and you know, cut. Uh, you know, like some people get cut. I mean, that in itself is a traumatic experience that needs to happen for you to even exist. Um, so, I yeah. mean, for it is it is a trauma. Yes, it is. Uh, that 43% freshness is a trauma, son. Step it up, mental. Um, but the the but but you have to i feel like if you're not seeing that or experiencing that when when chaos does show its ugly face then you which chaos doesn't have to be ugly but um but when chaos does show up in your life how how you recover from it how you get back up from being knocked down is 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 a huge part of it and if you just stay mm -hmm. down and if you're just like, fuck it, I'm not going to get up. And you live in this, you become that victim. You know, you become this, that your whole mentality is around it. It, uh, it, you know, you're not growing as a person. You're not, you're not, you're not benefiting yourself in any way. So I agree with you completely is when you, when you live through those hard times, it's like, it, it just, it makes you stronger. It, and it go, it's like, they say that, that saying is like, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, and, and that's true yeah. to a point, you know, to a point. I mean, there's certain things in life are just horrible, horrible, horrible things that, uh, you know, you can't blame anybody for not coming back from. But I don't know. You you, you got to experience some shit in your life because it's going to happen. And when it does, you want to be prepared. OK, I have this question that's been burning for one hour and I'm so sorry. Wild but sober asked it an hour ago. But do you prefer waffles or pretzels? Mm. And now we're not talking about waffles. <laughs> okay, hold up. We're not talking about the the little crappy cracker pretzels. We're talking about soft, fresh baked pretzels with the salt. Oh, those pretzels! Yes. <laughs> uh, pretzels. <laughs> okay. Pretzels for okay. sure. No. There you go, pretzel gang. Uh, sorry, well, but sober. He's probably asleep now, sleeping like a little baby. Uh, who's been producing? <laughs> no waffles. <laughs> moving Dutch with waffle. Hey, you know what? Pretzel gang, pretzel gang wins again. Okay, um, uh, baby Yoda. 
We have a baby Yoda. It it's 1:50 a.m. Come on, uh, come on, man. Uh, I'm gonna start sounding like Joe Biden. You know what? What happened to? We need baby Yoda. We need baby Yoda. Um, if if, if uh, anybody out listening could summon baby Yoda for me, that would be absolutely wonderful. We're gonna have baby Yoda come on because baby Yoda has been summoned. So like everyone, summon baby Yoda. Hold on. Get, you know what, um, cat? I, I need you to vamp while I I go. Oh, I said Baby Yoda is on an interdimensional trip right now. Okay, well, okay, Baby Yoda is not available right at this second. So, uh, Raina, let me know when Baby Yoda is available, um, and and we'll uh, we'll summon him up. We'll summon him up. Um, but uh, looks like Baby Yoda is unavailable at this second. So we'll come back. We'll come back to Baby Yoda. Um, uh, so, I uh, you know with your obsession with the apocalypse, you, do you do you like like apocalyptic movies? Yeah, I, yeah, okay, that's okay. Probably hunting frogs. Yes. Are you into like apocalyptic books? Do you like that kind of those movies? Do you like those kind of do you like those kind of stories as well? Um. It's a hard question to answer. Is it? Yes. <laughs> the the movies the movie is not so much. I I think the horror movies kind of hit my apocalyptic ah, button for me. The, the the big Hollywood kind of uh, aliens are coming to destroy the earth. Yeah. Like that stuff. I I just hate it. Um, <laughs> um, what about zombie stuff? Is zombie too cheesy? Uh, it depends on the zombie movie. Mm. There is a zombie. There's a zombie called Black Sheep, about black sheep's who become zombies. No and way. And they attack their owners, and that film is incredible and wonderfully funny. But I do tend to find that zombie movies are usually too too stuck in a rut for me to get excited about it mm. does that make sense like the stick is like it's all the same stick yeah. usually yeah. um and so i get really bored of them mm. as opposed to horror movies where it's like you have a lot of different variations of what that stick could be and yeah. how the rules work in that world mm. um so but uh douglas copeland has a book called girlfriend in a coma that i have read so many times he wrote he wrote i think he coined the phrase generation x um Mm. and has a lot of like other really cool um books but he wrote this book and i have read that book so many times and it was it's a it's about the end of the world but in a really strange way Mm. um and it's fantastic and 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 it uses all like smith's Smith's lyrics are sort of oh, woven sweet. throughout the entire book, so it's a fun it's a fun read because you're like, oh, I love that song <laughs> in the middle of a description. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yes, yeah, makes sense. So skip zombies and skip pretzels. Uh, the uh, Donnie, you have a picture with Dougie Copeland. That's tight. Good for you. That's tight. Oh, that's really cool. One yeah. of my favorite artists. Um, yeah, he's great. He. Uh, he's <laughs> Okay, so then is the since you're not really into the movies or or books or the entertainment side of the like Armageddon's and and apocalyptic movies, uh, what what is your 
what is your f- favorite kind of like apocalyptic idea? Like, is it like a, a plague or is it zombies or is it nuclear fallout? Is it, what is the scenario that, uh, that, that tickles your fancy the most? Wow, have I ever thought about this before? <laughs> I have um, a lot. <laughs> man. Um, wow. Uh, I mean, for sure it would have been plague pre, pre last year. <laughs> I used to study plague. Um, you studied them? So, like, so in December. Yeah, and so in December of 2019, when this science started to emerge from China, uh-huh. that is the moment that I bought toilet paper. That is the moment that I like was like, oh, I need to go out and get some supplies. I started like, I was really early on the like, you guys, I think this is going to be kind of serious. Here's the science behind it. Here's what this oh. virus chain looks like. Like, I started putting all of that up on my social media. Um and uh, and people thought I was insane. They were like, "There, there's no way." And I was like, "No, no, 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 no!" Like, I've been studying pandemics for a while. I think this is going to be an issue. What? Um, wait, what? 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 And made specifically, you... the okay. science. Yeah, specifically the science. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Well, I think you're about to go Spe- into specifically it. the science of how they like where a pandemic where a pandemic is most effective in its worldwide reach if it's formed in the world Mm. so and china is the number one place to uh to get enough people effect infected with a pandemic to then spider out because it's a combination of like moisture in the air heat um population of of the continent and then um and then um the impact of rodents and rodent control Mm. in that continent and so they have like just just the right combination to be able to just spider out of out of the continent um um which is fascinating to me and so the moment they like the moment i saw the structure of the virus and what continent it was coming out of, I was like, "Ooh, this, this is, is gonna be stupid." <laughs> <laughs> this is it, folks. Uh, on on your podcast, you're doing with your friend. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot his name again, but uh, you did one Wednesday with your friend, and uh, you were saying that you were getting like people were like saying that you're doing anti Asian. You're like doing uh, what was that called? It's something specific now. What was? Yeah, the, so, so, some people were saying that, like that, the fact that I was saying that because it was sourced from China, um, uh, made it specifically um, some something to pay attention to. That, that I got accused of like anti-Asian sort of racism and yeah. and and, uh, and fear. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is really just about this virus. I like yeah. it has nothing uh, other than yeah. the fact that China specifically is just good for breeding pandemics. Like yeah. this is specifically about this virus. Well, it has nothing to do other than that with the Chinese, you know. What yeah, I, that's nonsense. It's like I, I fucking to to cr- 
I mean, even to criticize how this uh, the CCP handled it is not anti-Asian mm -hmm. sentiment. You know, I think it's like criticizing mm -hmm. how that government took care of that and how they fucking were covering shit up and how people were coming up missing and how reporters are coming up missing and people were being welded into their house and, and they were holding our mass ransom, our mass ransom, until we stopped talking about the Hong Kong situation. So... I don't think talking bad about the CCP is necessarily saying anything bad about Asian people, but I will say the fucking right. CCP can eat a dick because fuck them. Um, what what do you think? Uh, what do you what do you think of the lab leak theory? And 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 uh, and again, I I'm not saying fuck Chinese people. I'm saying their government is fucked up. And if you don't agree with me, then you're sorely misinformed. Anyways. Uh, what do you think of the lab leak? <laughs> um, from, from what I understand, uh, based on on the structure of viruses and how they look when they are created in the wild, and the complexity of a wild-born virus compared to a lab-generated virus, mm -hmm. uh, from and 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 this is like I'm not a scientist. <laughs> this is just from like right. my own like couch studying right like <laughs> yeah 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 from what i under from what i understand on on the actual complexity of a of a wild born virus this um virus is incredibly complex in the way that it was developed and we don't yet have the technology to create a virus that looks like this mm. i do think that the next major uh apocryphal global issue is probably going to be a lab leaked virus mm. um i just don't personally think that this was the one <laughs> i yeah. think it's coming it's yeah. in the mail <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, uh, it, no it, it's interesting you say that and only because um you know i've been listening to you know biologists and talking about it and, and there's a lot of people saying that there it, it is structured in a way that shows that it was created in a lab there's also other evidence that's coming out. Uh, I mean, even even the the former um, what's the what's the what's our what's our center of disease? What is our what's it called? The CDC. CDC? Even the former uh, head of the CDC is coming out and saying that this is a plausible thing. This is a plausible reason. Mm -hmm. Um, there was also some really shady shit that went down in 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 regards to the lab leak idea. I, the, for me, I'm just seeing evidence that there was a lab leak because there's a lot of evidence showing that there was a, a lot of covering up, a lot of covering of tracks. Again, the CCP, not Chinese people, okay? Anybody who's out there fucking up Chinese people because they're mad at a virus, you're an idiot. You're a stupid idiot. You're evil. You're an evil person. If you are hurting Chinese people or Asian people because you think it's their fault that that you you got sent home from work, okay? It's not their fault. It's not their fault. CCP now. <laughs> they're assholes. You know what? They're 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 true assholes and I I think the way that they have a grip on our culture right now and the way that the and I'm talking about the CCP uh, uh, the way that they have a grip on our culture, the, the way that they're dictating what what we can and can't say in our movies right now. Uh, I mean, it's it's not a secret that they're they're looking to get fucking to become a world power, the world dominating power. The way that they invest into these these smaller countries and and they they pretty much 
we'll just we'll fucking take over a port of call and and once they default in any way in this poor third world country they take over that port and it basically becomes an extension of china they have half of the city i live in downtown is owned by the I, i'm not saying the chinese government but i'm saying by chinese interests which uh oh, that's happening all over the world yeah, yeah. It, i mean they have access to our power grids they're in their fucking they're 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 fucking stealing all of our fucking information they're stealing all of our propriety uh proprietary uh information and they're it, it, it's a it's a fucked up way that they're they're operating and and i i i do seriously see that as a yeah, is it not working? I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what the fuck happened. Um, we, we'll get her link tree in there. Let me uh, let me do that. Uh, my sister is a biochemical PhD student, and they are working on that virus, and she thinks no natural virus will mutate this quickly. Yeah, we'll see. There you go. Mm. I don't know. Uh, again, yeah, she, I'm, Kat's I'm, not a scientist. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not, not a scientist. Not a scientist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in any case I, I know i just went i just started just talking shit about that is, is baby yoda uh available yet or is baby yoda just on a uh <laughs> is is baby yoda just on uh is uh, on his own uh on his own thing right now that's interesting yeah for sure uh what else we got here anyways what don't you have a new don't you have new music coming out that would be very nice. I would love it. <laughs> I thought you had new music coming up. Uh, oh. I just released an album last year. Okay. Okay. And that's yeah. and that's with your band. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then I'm hoping I, I have um so the video that you just played, I haven't actually released that and that needs to come out like yesterday. <laughs> so um so my hope is to get two songs recorded by august and have like a small kind of ep um released so um because because the album artwork for that is amazing <laughs> and no one has seen it and it's driving me crazy Gotta get out um, so but yeah but i have to do some fundraising in order to make that happen and 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 i need to i need to solve my personal financial apocalypses first so. right <laughs> musicians took it the musicians took it so you know we were just talking about the apocalypse and sort of this unveiling and renewing and how was the pandemic then for you when we first went into it how was it for you how did you handle it and then yeah let's we'll start there when we first got into it i was like this is my space. I was so happy. I was like, not happy for everyone else, but right. I was like, I know what I'm doing. This is going to be easy. I'm here for this. I'm here. Um, and I just moved into like a really creative season, released a new record, you know, uh, all this stuff. Like, um, really, it was like a rebirth, you know? Yeah. And now, now that we're a year into it, the apocalypse is getting stale. You know, <laughs> my house, my house is getting stale. Yeah, yeah. It's like... <laughs> um, I've just started to realize uh, a couple of days ago, actually, that my creativity is just really like stagnated, mm. and that I need to figure out what's next. Mm. You know, uh, and 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 how to move forward in this space, and so. Um, yeah. 
So I feel I feel like like the apocalypse just got moldy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over this apocalypse. It's old. Don't taste good anymore. Okay? It's stale. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, and now I'm just like, well, what am I going to do to bring some fresh juice in here? Uh, mm. yeah, yeah, uh. mm. You know what? It's it's interesting now that you're saying that out loud and, and, and I'm – it, it, it is sort of doing the same for me because right at the, I think it was the same reaction was like, hey, this is amazing. Uh, I don't have to see anybody ever again and I don't have to go anywhere anymore and I can just sort of sit here and work on all the things that I hadn't been working on because I was too goddamn busy running around the country or running around the state or, you know, doing whatever it is that we were doing. And it was great. And, and you know, in these last, even this last couple of weeks, I've started to, I started watching TV again, like, which is like a big indicator to me that I'm fucking, the lazy side of my brain is starting to come in, come back because all last year TV was just not even close to interesting. I did not care about anything. Yeah. Like, I think the only thing I watched last year was The Boys season two or three or whatever, wherever they're at. And that was it. That was it. I, I watched, I tried watching movies. I, I just, and my wife would have to force me to watch movies for me to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And then it was, I still, I was just doing it to be with the family. And it's, but now I'm like looking for stuff. I'm like watching series again. And that's a huge indicator that I'm, I'm getting bored and like I'm hitting these walls where I just don't want to do what I have to do. Like, cause there's certain things that I have to do to keep fucking keep the wheels rolling here but then like, i'll just do the bare minimum and i'm just like oh anything yeah. to get out of doing actual work and so i am hitting that wall too it, it just you saying that right now is, is making sense to me because it's like well maybe it is maybe i am just getting sick of these fucking same four walls you know <laughs> it's just walking up and down and i'll go to the couch now now i'll go to the studio and now I'll go to the kitchen. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, what's next? But but yeah, yeah, it's like what is gonna spike, what's gonna spike that then and pique the interest next. Uh, so were you able to get a yeah. lot of work done and stuff during the pandemic? Were you able to sort of uh, and what was the big things that you were able to accomplish during this pandemic? I mean, re- releasing that record was huge for me. Mm. Um, um really 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 huge um because i'd been sitting on it for a couple of years waiting for the right moment i just kept feeling like i i it was mixed and mastered and ready to go and i was just like wow. it's not the right time it's not the right time wow. it's not the right time it's not the right why wasn't the right time? The moment what 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 was it about was this like song? it felt like culturally things were too good oh. you know and that it's a record to guide people through trauma, oh, you know? And yeah. so, um, yeah. and so I was like, this is just, I don't know, man, it's just not falling into place. Right. You know? And then, uh, and then this happened and I was like, well, this is the right time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are going to need something to get them through this shit. Yeah. So I started doing that. Um, learning how to stream was a huge thing for me last mm. year. It really helped me with my mental health in a yeah. huge way. Um, and, uh, and really gave me something to like continually be working on updating, creating goals around doing all of that. Like that has been 
so helpful. Um, so that's been really good. Um, I've lost two like of my money jobs oh, over this time. So I'm in the middle of like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm still a small streamer. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to bring that stress of like, <laughs> well, I got to pay my bills, guys. Like, Come on, I don't know. I feel like that's really- <laughs> impacts everything you yeah. know yeah and so um and so uh and so i'm just in the middle of trying to figure out what i want to be when i grow up again <laughs> you know like uh i've been in a musician my entire life but i've almost always needed to have a side job in mm. order to be that person mm. and for my mental health i think it's it really it's really beneficial for me because i have adhd i get bored super easily um if i'm floating between multiple projects it really helps me to stay sane if i'm just getting on one thing every day it, yeah. i have a lot of difficulty being excited about that you yeah. know and so I'm in the middle of like, well, okay, I, I guess I should get a job. <laughs> what do I want to do? What will let me tour? That would be nice. <laughs> I need to stay on the road. Um, so like, so yeah. And, and then, and then that, that just presents a whole other thing because, you know, most, most organizations are like, no, we need you here all of the 50 odd days of the year and we'll give you two weeks off mm. and uh and if you decide to use those two weeks for working we're st- still gonna call that a vacation <laughs> like no that is not what i'm doing <laughs> yeah no i it would be really hard for me to go back to that life as well but i'll do it if i have yeah. to damn it i'll do it if yeah. i if i have to i will but it's like that's like the worst thing i can imagine right now is like I know I can go get like several factory jobs right now where I could go and push a button and make like $20 an hour and get benefits and everything's going to be fine. But then you, you I mean, if, but but if, for exchange for my soul, right? It's like for, for my creativity, for right. my energy, for my life essence. That That's what I have to exchange. And, and it's kind of, you know, I got a kid and and a wife and and so it's like at, at some point i just feel like a piece of shit who's just like it's too selfish to go out and get a real job and feed my damn family right but it's like god damn like what 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 am i then if i go and i and i trade my soul for a comfortable life I mean, I guess that 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 makes me a good person. But am I gonna be a good person? Are those like nights when we're eating dinner together? Are they gonna be fulfilled with great laughter and joy, or is it gonna be me just sitting there like, oh, I gotta get up and do this fucking again in the morning? You know, it's like, what is that? Is that the life that my family wants too? I mean, my wife's probably sitting there is like, bro, if you made twenty dollars an hour right now, that would be. Fucking titties! Please make twenty dollars an hour right now. Um, it's it's. It, it, I'm sure she's just like, come on, please go make twenty dollars an hour. Um, is Cat Jones your stage name, or do you have another name? Mental one. Uh, that is. I mean, I've been known as Cat Jones since I was thirteen. My the name on my license is Catherine. Ooh, Catherine. So. so. So it, my birth certificate says Catherine Suzanne Clausen Jones. Ooh, Clausen like the pickles. 
Oh, yeah. Do you do you like claws and pickles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, do. I love claws and pickles. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. I love them. <laughs> um, here, I'm I'm dropping your. Um, there, there's Cat's website, everybody. I don't know why KJ isn't working, but there's her website. Everybody, go and follow her up and make sure you're doing all that good stuff uh so then so then what have you come to any conclusions or any ideas of what you want to do next so in regards to creativity I'm, and where literally, you're gonna put your energy? I'm literally on the front of this conversation so my last my last fill in job was the executive director of one of the nation's most powerful neighborhood associations Ooh. um that is an and that is an affordable housing organization as well as an anti-gentrification uh, advocacy or organization. Um, and I have to say, man, I think I really um, like got seduced by the amount of purpose in that job, yeah. you know, and I kind of sold myself out on the fact that I love to use art to change people's lives. Yeah. I like... I can, I am really, really good at making arguments against gentrification. I can change a person from saying like, oh, gentrification is a thing that just happens. We just have to accept it to someone who realizes that it's a destructive power and culture. I can, I can make that change in someone's heart in about 15 to 20 minutes, you know, <laughs> if they'll actually give me their time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm really good at that, and I am really good at, I love confrontation, and so going, approaching rich developers and saying, this is how you're destroying the neighborhood, can we actually have a conversation about what impact you might rather make, like, all of that, I'm good at those conversations, um, but... I actually get speaking injuries, <laughs> Like just by talking? I don't get singing injuries. I get talking injuries, yeah. And so um, and so in that regards, I have to be really careful about what I get involved in because if the conversation is too intense and too hearted, I will my thyroid disease won't let me um, produce too many stress hormones or I fall out of remission and I get really sick. Wow. So um so if I'm too involved in a conversation like that, I get really sick. And it's a nice balance because if I have the same conversation in an artistic world, if I'm creating an installation or an artistic meditation on why gentrification is bad, um, it's, it's the same conversation, but I think it might be more powerful mm -hmm. than going to developers and trying to convince them to stop stop hurting people you know yeah um because you because each person who goes into an installation if it's well built carries something out with them that they take into the world mm. um whereas like one verbal conversation over coffee with a billionaire doesn't do that much to impact culture and so having that job really made me go I kind of only just want to do art, man. I'm <laughs> over this. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Um, why? Why is gentrification bad? 
Like why? Why? I mean, you, I know you. I know yeah. you. I mean, you don't have to go through the twenty minute thing, but I mean, what? What are some of the? What are some of the talking points? Well, gentrification in the way that it impacts black neighborhoods is specifically bad in in regards to how redlining has has impacted those neighborhoods. For those of you who don't know, in the 60s and 70s, as a direct result of the civil rights movement, cities and banks started developing predatory lending practices against people of color that kept people of color, A, in one space and B, out of home ownership. Uh, during this period, nationwide, not just in the South, um, cities also started developing practices around how they built their freeways and often would intentionally cut black neighborhoods in half uh, it, with with the intention of uh, destroying the main uh, seat of commerce for that neighborhood and splitting the neighborhood up so that they didn't have direct access to the city where they live and didn't have direct access to each other. Um, so those are, are really big things. Um, when you... So... Um, statistically, uh, for every $7 that a white family is able to build in personal wealth, a black family is able to build $1 of personal wealth. So if we're thinking about what has happened over the generations of how um, black neighborhoods and neighborhoods of color have been impacted uh, by um predatory practices from city city development um and the way the city has approached black neighbor black neighborhoods to then say that as a white person you have the right to move into that black neighborhood because you are poor and it's the only thing you can afford that is a problem mm. <laughs> like, in, a, in a huge way. Um, and the ways that gentrification impacts black neighborhoods now are pretty intense. Um, um, elderly black people uh, statistically pass away within six months of being moved from the neighborhood where they've lived their entire life into a new neighborhood. A lot of that has to do with the fact that black neighborhoods support each other in really rich ways. Like younger people in those neighborhoods will go to the elderly homes and check in on them every single day. Um, there's a whole tradition of these like ecosystems that black neighborhoods have built in order to support each other in order to stay alive in order to build community in really powerful ways and splitting that community up harms individuals in those neighborhoods in ways that are so difficult for those individuals to overcome and so when a white person moves into a black neighborhood because they can afford it, often they do not realize that that move is leading to individual deaths happening in the community. Um, in black neighborhoods, there's a saying that a, um, an, or, an old oak tree cannot be rerouted. Um, um, and that has a lot to do with the way that gentrification impacts those black neighborhoods. Um, obviously, you also have uh, higher incidence of incarcerations in black neighborhoods because of 
again, predatory practices by the police um, as a result of the way that the um, system is built up uh, in regards to for-profit prisons. Um, it just, it spirals into each other and it, and it all like builds in this community trauma. And so when you are able to have developers that want to move into a neighborhood and they have pro-community mindsets, they want to build things like affordable housing, they want to build in mentorships for the neighborhood, for the neighbors that live in that neighborhood so that they can begin to build systemic wealth in their own neighborhood. Mm -hmm. When you, when you begin to, um, think more deeply about how you want to impact a culture, it, it's, 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 harder than just going in and making money um by right by rephrase resurfacing an entire neighborhood but in the long run what you can do is re-equip a neighborhood with something that has been stolen for them and then has had that that reaffirmation of that theft um doubled down on over the last 60 years and so we really have an opportunity to build to build beautiful systems that could change lives and and build world world-class wealth in these neighborhoods that desperately deserve it um whereas if you are a poor white person all you have to do is move slightly farther out of town and you will find that same affordable housing uh, it just will be in a white neighborhood. <laughs> so, and you can afford to make that commute. Um, and, and, or you can usually afford to make that commute. So being able to reframe the way that you view what you have a right to in regards to ownership of space, I think is a powerful way to, um, to reframe the conversation of gentrification and really, um, bring new hope and life to all communities by serving a uh, disenfranchised community. That's the end of my speech. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Mighty, mighty, thank you so much for gift subbing that subscription to Behind That Suit. This is for you, mighty, mighty. Mats of Mountain! <laughs> um, thank you, mighty, mighty. Uh, yeah, that, you know, like, I don't think anybody's ever come on the show and explained it like that before. Um, there, there is like really creepy things that are echoes from the sixties. I mean, from, you know, the fifties, sixties and, um, this prison system too, you know, like how that destroys these communities. And what I just found something out today was, and this happened to my brother-in-law is that they'll, they'll put people in prison, um, I think I'm lost just... Oh, thank you so much, Mighty Money, for subscribing. I think I'm lost. Well, you are found now, lost. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the there's this idea that... Well, not idea. There's the... the when, when people are imprisoned, they'll move them out of their county and out of their state. They'll put them in different country, counties and states that... that um, 
that uh, oh my god, I'm getting this all wrong. Where it will, um, where it affects the the power of the people because they take the people out of their own community in their own uh, their own districts, put them in somewhere else's, and it sort of helps build up districts. They count them as uh, they actually relocate them, and they become so they could be Californians. But now they're relocated to Mississippi, and now they're residents of Mississippi, and they'll use those heads as a count to build up uh, their own uh, certain, you know, in certain districts. They'll build up their district to make it a more, um, geez, I'm shitting on this already. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you aware of what, what I'm speaking of? I, I think I'm saying I it so. I, I wasn't aware that that specific practice existed. So yeah. that, that would be like a form of gerrymandering. Right. Um, and redistricting in, in, in a way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Even though that, you know, if these people are felons, they can't vote anyways, but they can still count them as, as residents there. And so they're able to use that in some kind of way. And I know I'm getting that all wrong, but it they, was... They Im Im impact their census numbers mm. uh, in order to create more representation in that district. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, the, I mean, the, the whole idea of these for-profit prisons has just been a stain. So It's so horrible. And like, I don't know, when people were so excited that Joe Biden won, and look, I voted for Joe Biden, I fucking, but like, people were so excited. It's like, this motherfucker, yeah, look, this dude, he pretty much decimated this part of the, the world that I live in, in the Midwest mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, the industrial and the automobile uh, industry here. With, with, he was a part of NAFTA, which helped ship a lot of jobs over uh, out of of country, and also he was part of the '94 crime bill, which took all those people who are displaced. And what what do you do with people who are out of work, who lost a sense of pride, who lost a sense of of, of meaning, and found solace in, in in the bottom of a bottle or in in a needle or or whatever it is they found solace, and and the whole and, and it ripped their family apart. And, and the and the and the sadness and the and the hardship that it brought, uh, they, they turned to crime because their jobs have been shipped over somewhere. And so, what do you do with these people? You you put them in prisons and you re-enslave them and you put them back, put their asses back to work. And so, the, the, the when when people are so excited about a man, a career politician like Joe Biden, it, it it's scary to me because. I think that he needs to be held to the same flame as 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 Donald Trump did. And I fucking hated Donald Trump. I thought he was fucking a blemish mm -hmm. on history. But uh, I think we need to hold Joe Biden to that same standards of criticism and and fucking he, he fucking Joe Joe Biden has fucking done so much to destroy the 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 livelihood of especially here in the Midwest. And and it's he. I don't trust them. I don't trust them as far as I could throw them. As far as I can get close to them, I don't trust them. It's like I just I, I I don't I don't see why everybody was so happy. I mean, I get it. I'm I get that people were happy to see the fucking Cheeto guy go. But it's like what we got in 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 his place is this career politician who's made a whole life online and cheating the system and and now like the the media the press and the social media will do anything to make sure that his name isn't tarnished 
And I think that's a huge mm -hmm. mistake. It, the media should be criticizing his moves. We should be criticizing him like we're criticizing uh, Donald Trump because he is doing some yeah. shifty shit. He is doing some weird shit and, and it's not being talked about. And, and it, that's mm -hmm. really disconcerting. I mean, like that whole Hunter Biden thing where his son is, you know, but he, our, the president is potentially taking bribes from another country's government and, and a court, you know, like what, wait, this, this, and that just disappears into the night. Yeah, not a big deal. And mm -hmm. to the fact that social media, these different social media sites are, 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 are taking down the New York post who is, you know, I know that it's not their side of the aisle, but it's like, it's still, it was a story that they buried on purpose. Uh, it's very, it's very odd thing to me. What what do you think? What What is your take on that? What is your take on sort of this, um, this coddling of, of Joe Biden uh, through our media and social media? Yeah. I mean, I'm neither I'm neither a Democrat nor a Republican. I really yeah. just try to center in on 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 what benefits humans yeah, from my I, I feel personal you. perspective. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think our two party ser system serves anyone. Um, I know I know that there are other nations with eight eight party systems, and those are also very messy and <laughs> fucked up. You right, know? right. Um, so like. Um, but my, my big thing is always to like kind of recenter people in on their city council as far mm. as America is considered yeah. and just be like, that is the most important election that mm. you vote on Yeah, when you vote. So you're just, your city council. you're just like, they can do whatever with the president. I'm, I'm really focused in on local and, 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 and yeah, putting my vote your work. local, your local politicians become your presidents, yeah. you know, yeah. um, that's where it starts. Like the the presidential race is sexy, um, <laughs> yeah. but your your um, your vote counts the most when you vote on your city council and your mayor, mm. um, and uh, and that is where the corruption begins. Yeah. Um, your city council person probably takes bribes. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Your city council person is at least being offered them. Oh, for sure. Um, um, the, my, my position at, at, at that neighborhood association, uh, like the sub, the subconscious temptation towards corruption was constant. Wow. Um, and I was very aware of the tiny, tiny micro, um, uh, micro sort of uh, uh, decisions I could make that could tilt me towards a domino effect of mm -hmm. of corruption. Um, there were constantly things in front of me that I could do that would benefit me and disenfranchise the community. It yeah. was constant. Right. And so if that's happening with a an employee in an unelected position you know, yeah. of a neighborhood association, right. you really have to like consider that that's constantly happening with um, um, the unelected positions in your city, like city developers, um, um, your city planners, 
all of that. I know for a fact that city planners in our in our city are accepting bribes. Your council people may be accepting bribes. Um, this is where people learn to make those those small adjustments that seem like they're nothing that mm-hmm. ultimately lead to becoming a corrupt lifetime politician. Yeah. Um, and so if you're not on top of your people in your own district, by the time they get to president, yeah. that game is lost. <laughs> you know? Wow. Like, <laughs> that, that was such a eloquent way of, of, of answering that question because it's like, it's like a preemptive type thing. It's like if we catch these fucks now, you know, by the time they get to mm-hmm. the, you know, the people who sort of filter out as they grow and as their career grows in politics, um, you know, we're going to get some way halfway decent. But but you're right that 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 um, it's a very human thing to to want to. I guess take shortcuts to that benefits your life greatly without very little effort, or at least, you know, it's just a decision or a signature or something. You know, it's like you mean I just have to sign here and I get all of this. Tie, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you know I've been there. I, I've done some. I've done some shady shit. I mean, I've never been in, in in political power like that, but I've done some shady shit in my time, and I know how easy temptation is and. Even the even the best most church going dude is gonna be tempted. I mean, it's just human nature, mm-hmm. temptation and all. Um, I, I, we got these uh, we got these questions here that that I have. Uh, yeah. Yo, my dude got a fifty thousand bribe offer. University student council. Yeah. No. Um, just a couple months ago here in Toledo, um, three members of our city council were, I think they're in jail now because they were accepting bribes and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's happening. It's here on all levels and it's it fucking pisses me off on all levels. <laughs> Drives me fucking yep. nuts. These sons of bitches are up there, you know, they're, they're supposed to be serving us. And all they're doing is stealing from us, and and I, I fucking it fucking mm-hmm. drives me nuts. They don't go to jail in India, yeah. Well, they don't go to jail here either. Sometimes, thankfully, these assholes are going you to jail. Should. Fuck them. Go to jail. Bye. Um, so, um, yeah, mental asked this a, a, a while ago, so we might have lost context. But um, would you go into theaters or movies currently? I'm guessing. Oh, uh, by the way, mental, I've been to Delhi and I love Delhi. Ooh. I think it's amazing. So I love your home. Um, there you go. um, but, uh, um, I prefer, well, I don't know, both. I don't know if there's a, would you rather because, it, because to me, it's all part of the experience of experiencing art. Mm. So today, later, later this evening, um, in about in about an hour, yeah. I'm headed out to um, go see a an immersive theater piece that is staged all over the city. Whoa! Um, and so, and, and you find you find little clues to each different location that you're headed to and so i'm about to i'm about to go be a part of that and that will be like the first thing besides I, i've been to the, the museum twice but that'll be like the first thing thing i've yeah. done in over a year so wow. i'm really excited 
Um, yeah. What expresses you the most? Uh, what? What? Uh, which one? Oh, I see. Yeah. So it's not really a rather thing. It's more of a. Um, I, I I took it as like, would you go into it now in COVID? So that's how I took it. Would you go into uh-huh. a theater or would you go into a movie? But I, I think it's what 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 appeals to you the most is a theater or movie. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's, yeah, I love I love film. I love seeing film with a group of people. Um, I love. I love theater. I love seeing theater with a group of people. You know, those are all really communal, communal things. And I don't have a preference. I love mm. both of them equally. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> They're both so, they serve the world in completely different ways. So, yeah. Uh, 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 Mental also wants to know if what you think of 13 Reasons Why. And I'm not sure what that is. Or what? Uh, that was a, that was a, uh, um, let me, let me make sure that I know what this is real quick. Here, I can look it I up. I think I do. Oh, that was a television show, right? I didn't see it. Um, um, I think the kid... Oh, yeah. was that... The kid, I think, commits suicide in the, in the show. I haven't... I've not oh, seen it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I've seen that. We started watching it. It's okay. It, it, kind of fall, it kind of falls off. That was one of those shows that we... My wife made me watch. Um, and then I was like, well, this is turning weird. Uh, it, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, anyways, so uh, Moving Dutchman, um, it looks like uh, Yoda is on a long quest. So we're going to, you're going to, I mean, either I can, I'm going to give you your points back. I'll just give you your points back so you can uh, use them for another day. I was going to say we could just do it next time, but we'll give you your points back so you can do it again. All right, guys, l- we're going to do Cypher Deluxe. Kat, do you have time to do a song, or do you feel like playing a song? I do have time uh, okay, to awesome. do a song. Yeah. Let's hear from our friend Kat Jones. She is going to play us uh, something. Uh, what What are you going to play for us, Kat? Well, I had a different song in mind, but uh, we've done so much talking about the beginning of the pandemic that I'm going to sing a song that I wrote at the beginning of the pandemic All right. to kind of be a guide I think to people I feel like when we're in stressful situations and any kind of peace comes during that stress we tend to reject that peace in favor of remaining stressed um, and so I wrote this song to kind of just be like yeah if peace comes for no reason it's a gift lean into it Yes, yes, beautiful. Um, um, So yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sing this song, Peace Be Still. Whenever you're ready. All right. There is no more. 
so much cat i really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your truths you can find cat at catjonesmusic.com go out and get yourself some cat jones 
Go and get yourself some. Go ahead. I'll wait. Okay. Uh, you can also go and find Random Mystique on Twitch at four days a week. Four whole days for some mystique in your life. And that is Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. You can also find We Speak English Good on the Twitch at uh, Mondays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come and get yourself some love. Uh, you can also leave a review. Or bleh, you can also like, subscribe, review. Give us a like on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, uh, the, the, the TikTok, the whole thing. Come and give us some of that shit. Uh, yeah, and that's everything. Look, I got a lot to do, and I don't got a lot of time to do it. So I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to make it short and sweet, okay? I love you guys. Take care of your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. I'll see you Friday with Lo <laughs> Lori and Crayu's music. Come give me baby. <laughs> <laughs>